Welcome to Your Security, a podcast on walking victimless in today's world. I'm Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware no matter where you are or where you go. Hello, how are you? This is Gabriel Grimes. It is day nine, March 24th of the COVID response. Man, it's day nine of 15 days that the president has talked about, President Trump. Now, um, watching everything that's going on in the news, I wonder whether or not these 15 days may be extended even further. I'm sure you're probably thinking the same thing. People all over the world are concerned about this. People in Italy, especially. The numbers of people dying in Italy has really skyrocketed. People in China, they have, uh, apparently they've slowed the contagion and it looks like they're opening up different cities. I read today that Wuhan province is going to be opening up, or Wuhan city is going to be opening up next next week. I don't know what it is. They said that everything is okay and they're going to go ahead and open it up, but they're going to wait a week. doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, they have chosen next week to open up the city. That's great. That's great news. But think about when Wuhan closed, which was, what, last month, a month and a half ago. And it took quite a long time before they've opened up the borders. Now, granted, Wuhan is point zero, ground, ground zero for all of this epidemic. So... um they had to take even more drastic measures than the most of us. Um, but what do we have here? I mean, let's think about think about the U.S. of A. <clears throat> now, this podcast goes out throughout the world, and I welcome anyone and everyone to listen to this. And I'm so glad that you are cho- you're, you've chosen to to watch my my podcast. Welcome. And here I am. Want to talk a little bit about the United States? Now, the United States has seen. A dramatic increase of the infected people. Now, a a little caveat, if we were to compare the people that have been uh, contaminated, those who are uh, posting as positive through tests, and then you look at how many people have died, uh, just those two numbers, it can be alarming. But I want to remind you, the experts have told us that there are 80% of the people infected have no symptoms. That means they're asymptomatic. And because they're asymptomatic, for the most part, those people will not go and get tested. And from what I understand, at least for the common individual, an individual who doesn't have any sort of connections with the CDC or with um, a health organization, they're just not going to be able to get tested because they want to get tested. You have to show symptoms. So, with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, that means that 80% of the people who are infected are unknown. All we know are the people who have been tested and have tested positive, and we know the people who have died because of the virus. So if you look at the whole number, let's just say that the people who have been tested positive and those who have died are the 20% that the uh, experts had say um, will will follow this pattern. That means 80%, four times that number are already out there, infected and showing no signs whatsoever. 
In fact, I've heard some people talk about how it is um, a light flu. Um, some people see it as a light flu, and other people have no symptoms whatsoever. No, nothing at all. Not even a headache, no fever, no nothing. So what does that tell us? It tells us quite a bit, actually. Um, it, it, it puts a lot of question marks, at least in my head, as to what's going on. What sort of virus is this? I'm not as concerned about the virus anymore based on these, this information. And it's unrefutable. Now I know the government is trying to focus on the fact that we all need to stay inside. And I'm not debating that. Let's, let's go ahead and, and listen to the government when they say we need to practice uh, you know, proper cleaning techniques and being safe around other people. And I understand that. I have parents that are elderly that are in the uh, at-risk range. And I'm sure you guys do too. Oh, we have grandparents, perhaps, that are also in that at-risk stage. Well, we don't want to get them infected. And we don't want to get them, um, you know, in a situation where they are compromised. But other than that, this really isn't a, a situation where I'm too terribly afraid of, uh, of the, the situation. And, um, but having said that, it's... It's disconcerting to hear so many people talking about... Well, let me, see, let me go back. It's not that it's disconcerting. It, it's interesting to see that California has gone into a lockdown and New York has gone into a pause. So what does that mean, lockdown or pause? I'm sure you heard the term quarantine or self-quarantine. I'm sure you're wondering what in the world are all those different things. <clears throat> well, it's important to, to know what that means and to know as as people who may be in a situation like that how do we act how do we how do we react you know i have a friend of mine who's coming back from colorado into texas and she wrote and to her friends here in texas and said hey i'm traveling uh tomorrow what does this mean if if texas goes into lockdown what does that mean or if shelter in place do i have to do anything do i have to get permission Excuse me, I just took a drink of my amazing cup of coffee right now. Well, <clears throat> what does that mean <clears throat> is a good question. I'm sure everybody is concerned about, um, you know, do I need to get permission? Do I need to get a letter to be able to get around? And it's really unclear at the moment because the government has said that essential businesses should continue open and will continue open. They've, they've been received, they have received the permission to continue to operate. But what are essential businesses? Uh, well, in, initially, at that first glance, um, it is all groceries, grocery stores, it is gasoline stations, and it is banks at the moment. <clears throat> Those are the three that are across the board, the three that are normally working. Oh, and, and healthcare professionals hospitals and, and the staff. Those are the ones that were considered essential. But now from region to region, from city to city, from state to state, there can be additional um, businesses or jobs that are also considered essential. Like for instance, in, in France, the wine stores are considered essential. <laughs> you go, you guys. 
Wine stores are essential. And in Italy, uh, the uh, newspaper stands are essential. So it is up till now, whatever the state or the the city, the county, in in my case, I'm I'm close to Harris County, it's whatever the county decides it is. Now, you might think, you know, so we're moving into summertime, at least here on the the uh, northern hemisphere. And as we move into summer, we're going to be using our air conditionings a lot more. Well, if it is 100 degrees outside and your air conditioning goes out, uh, your HVAC technician is going to be an essential business, I can imagine. Everyone is going to agree on that. HVAC, definitely essential. <clears throat> but whatever that is, I don't know. No one knows yet because at the moment, Texas hasn't instituted that. <clears throat> in California and in New York, uh, even though they mentioned essential businesses, you're still allowed, as uh, regular citizens, you're still allowed to go to the grocery store. So you still have access to food. You have access to your bank. and You have access to, you know, to buy and sell, you know, groceries. But you can't go to a friend's house, in other words. You can't go and... <clears throat> Go to social gathering, can't go shopping as, you know, a traditional shopping, like going to a mall or a a commercial center. You can't go uh, actually to the to the beach in Florida, but in in other states, you're allowed to go to the park and exercise. So this term social distancing, I mean, not social distancing, but uh, quarantining and lockdown it's kind of nebulous. They've made these statements. They've said this is the rule now. And in the in uh, in the case of New York and in California, they have sent out the National Guard, and that is a little disconcerting. So the National Guard is going to help them distribute certain items. That's what they're talking about. But they can also be used to uh for crowd control. And I haven't seen that yet, but they might be the ones who try to enforce the lockdown. If they tried to enforce a lockdown, that would be more of a martial law situation. But it could happen. I mean, they're already they've already deployed the uh, the personnel. I think it's five thousand troops, and um, with that with that deployment already in place, it's as easy as the governor saying, "Okay, well, it's now it's martial law," and then then it's by force that no one can leave. No one can leave certain areas or enter certain areas. Or no one can uh, move around after a certain hour. That would be a curfew. In any case, that's beside the point. The point is this. Lockdown, shelter in place, quarantine, self-quarantine. What the government is trying to do is kind of put boxes around every one of us to hope in hopes that the uh, transmission of the virus doesn't get to somebody else. Now, does that work? Um, sure, it it does. It kind of breaks everything down. It puts everybody in a box. Only the ones in the infected boxes will be infected, and that reduces the the quick spread of the virus to other people and uh, other communities. But my, um, but what does that mean for security? You know, this is a great example for our crisis management. 
You know, so the government now is in crisis management mode. And if you have a company or a business, this is what they're supposed to be doing. This is what you would do too, if and when you see a crisis. <clears throat> and that is you, you have a meeting every day. You have to pass on information to the, um, the rest of your employees. And that's what the president does every morning. He stands up in front of all the employees or all the citizens and it gives them a brief. This is what we're working on. This is how far we've advanced. This is what we expect to be doing in the next 24 hours. We are working on the larger projects. These are our, our objectives. This really helps people stay at uh, stay calm during a situation because, hey, a crisis is a crisis and anxiety can grow exponentially. It's important for us to keep our mind uh, positive during this time. But, you know, going back to what the president does, and he's, he's handling this as a crisis management process and he's doing a fantastic job. So what does this mean? This means that uh, when he steps down from the, the, the podium, uh, he has a, a myriad of different committees working on a gazillion things I can imagine. Transportation, he's thinking about um, food, he's thinking about economy, he's thinking about um, commerce, he's thinking about uh, well-being, he's thinking about health, he's thinking about the overall emotional state of the United States. I mean, he's thinking about all these different uh, aspects of the crisis. What does this mean? And uh, he also has to be thinking about defense. He's thinking about what could our enemies use or how could our enemies use this situation to take advantage of the United States. So, you know, you and I are thinking perhaps, oh, we don't have, we don't going, we're not going to our job. And so we need to put milk on the table. We need to get some eggs. We need, you know, the basic staples for our home. He's thinking about that as well, but he's also thinking about protecting the com the government on a larger scale. And that's important. That really is important. And um, as you move forward, he's, he's also thinking about uh, internal disruptors as well. He's thinking about people who are trying to take advantage of this situation to promote their own uh, positions, their own platforms, and maybe even weakening his own which uh, is, again, something that crisis management teams must be thinking about as well. When you go into a crisis, you're thinking about all these different things. Perception, you're thinking about your you know, getting back to business. You're thinking about what, uh, what sort of impact it's going to take on our employees, on your employees. What sort of impact are you, it's going to take on your resources? Are your resources dwindling? I'm talking about physical resources, not human. And... Um, all these different committees are working on it on their own. Now, all this information then filters up through him or through perhaps regional directors. And then those directors then report to the, um, the lead, the commander of the crisis, the crisis commander. And in this case, that would be uh, President Trump. And then President Trump then comes out and gives us the, the information. So on many fronts, he's working on many fronts. And as a, a corporate crisis management team, you would have to be working on many fronts as well. This is one of the reasons why you need to have a crisis management plan and to be reviewing it on a quarterly basis, at least quarterly basis. It'd be better to have a crisis management uh, manager 
who will be reviewing it on a daily basis to make sure that everything is copaesthetic and uh, smooth as ice. So uh, crisis management, that's what the, the, uh, the president's doing at this moment, and uh, it's a great example. We should watch it. Every time he comes out, you should watch what he does and how he manages it. He's doing a pretty good job. He's not giving false hope. He is not, he's giving information that he knows. And whenever he doesn't know information, he brings on an expert to have that expert talk. It is a mistake <clears throat> to try to talk about something you don't know. It is a big mistake because people are going to realize that you don't know about the situation and they're going to hammer you with questions that is only going to further make you look ridiculous. So he's quick to point to the next person, the person who does know more information and let that person talk about it. And this is, this is good. That's, that's key. It's key to a good, good management of uh, the communication side of things. So, you know, personally, social distancing, it is important for us to, like, like I had mentioned, to kind of reduce this contagion. Now, as you, as you heard in the beginning of my talk, there's a lot of questions that I have about this virus and that goes without saying. Lots of questions. It seems, it seems strange. The, the reaction of, of all the governments in the world seems very strange and um, kind of overkill, in my opinion. But that, with that being said, it's something that's out of my hands. I cannot control that. If I was the leader of the world... I would manage things a little bit differently, but it's not. And when you look at the whole world, yours truly is just a little ant on the back of a big, big elephant. So all I can do is manage my little world <clears throat> that stands in the shadow of the bigger organizations in this world. We have to deal with what we have to deal with. We have to deal with what we have today. And that's important for us to realize. You know, during a crisis like this, you know, people are going to be frustrated. You may be frustrated. You may be scared. You must focus on the things that you can do, not on the things you can't, because this is the, this is the only way you're going to remain positive. If you try to take on the responsibility of actions that other people are doing or the actions that uh, the city is doing, the county is doing, the state or the country, you, you just can't. You, you're not in that position. Uh, unless I'm talking to the President of the United States. So, you know, Mr. Trump, I am talking to you in this case. <laughs> but if not, you know, you can't make major decisions. And besides that, this level of panic, of worldwide panic and fear has gripped everybody and it is real. So in a crisis management situation, you'd be thinking about how to manage uh, perception. Well, uh, it's as much as possible. And you hope that you can get in front of a story to then manage the story. At this point, the story and the fear of this virus is so great that it has to be managed. The fear of this virus has to be managed. <clears throat> and that's what's happening. That's why they're doing the quarantines. That's why they're doing the shelter in places. That's why they're talking about social distancing. At my HEB and at my um, Costco, at the grocery stores, even at Home Depot, they wouldn't allow us to go into Home Depot just willy-nilly. They counted the amount of people that walked into the store 
and then how many walked out. And as people walked out, they let people come in so that only 50 clients could be in the store at one time. Um, so the point is, we have to manage that. They have to manage that concern. And that's why we have the, the um, shelter in place. That's why we have the, the issues with... Um, uh, self-quarantining and social distancing. But the problem is with social distancing is that we kind of lose contact with our friends and family. We think that social distancing is just staying at home. And, and we really should be thinking about social distancing more along the line of let's not be in close contact with them. So social distancing, and this is what they're changing, I think in California, they're calling it physical distancing. So just kind of keeping a space between each other so that if person A coughs, it won't get onto person B, right? That's what they're, they're talking about. So what do we do? <clears throat> what do we do now that we're here at home? We don't know what to do. We, we can't go to work. Uh, maybe our work is telling us to work from home, whatever it is. Now, what do we do? I've seen a whole bunch of memes of people going crazy, stir crazy, talking about cabin fever. I can understand that. Hey, you know, you're around people that you haven't been around in a long time for a long time. So here's here's the key. Here is the tip, right? It's called routine. I know. You're expecting something spectacularly large and amazing, some sort of, uh, uh, secret from the universe Uh, but no it's very simple guys guys and girls it is a routine keep a routine now write it down Uh, go home uh get get at your desk or on your kitchen table pull out a piece of paper and write a routine write a morning routine write an evening routine and then write a task of things to do during the day <clears throat> so morning routines are basic, right? You know what you wake up, you gotta get dressed, you brush your fa- brush your teeth, wash your face, brush your hair, all these different things. Maybe it's meditation in the morning, prayer, reading the word, reading a book, you know, whatever it is. Have that morning routine set in stone. That is who you are. That is what you're going to do every morning, and then that's gonna be about maybe an hour to two hours. And then create an evening routine. What are you doing in the afternoon? The same thing, you know. You're going to turn off the TV. You're going to, you know, clean up the room. You're going to, you know, brush your teeth again. Uh, Put on your pajamas. Take a shower. Any of those things, those activities, write them all down. Those are your evening routine. And then, of course, have that as a block, you know, one hour, two hours. Now go to your daily calendar, your daily activities. Block off the morning routine time. Block off the evening routine time. And during the day, now you have the rest of the day open for you. And that may be anywhere between 8 to 10 hours. And it depends on how much your sleeping time is. It depends on how long your routines are. Now that 8 to 10 hours, those are your activity. Those are your productivity time. Write down for the next week, what is it that you're going to do? And then fit those things into that time. Separate it out for the next five days. I want you to do this. This is your your task. Five days, what are you going to do every single day? Now, once you get that done and you write that down on your calendar, 
that's what your commitment is. And it's a commitment. It's a commitment on to you, for you, with you. It is your commitment. <clears throat> and that's what you're going to uh, follow through. So right now, I want you to, right after this podcast, I want you to sit down at your table, pull out a piece of paper, write down your morning routine, write down your evening routine, write down the activities you're going to do for the next five days, and then plug them in to your calendar so that you, no one forgets what those, what those things are. Okay? That is your homework. Let me see here. I had a couple of notes I wanted to go over. Oh, so uh, something else I wanted to say just before we sign off. We sign off. The, um, you know, as people continue to to get, uh, the, as people are quarantined or told to shelter in place, things could get hairy. I don't know about will, but it could get hairy. What does that mean, Harry? It means that, well, just imagine you have mom and dad. Maybe you have a single parent and now you have uh, two or three teenagers at home that mom who normally goes to work or dad who normally goes to work has to manage. They have to manage those teens as well as continue to work. Or they don't have any idea what to do and they just watch Netflix. And so... In that boredom or in that state of I don't know what to do, those kids will be uh, trying to find out what they're going to do. That could mean going out and, and exploring the forest. It could be going out exploring the neighborhood. It could be anything. But that can lead to um, vandalism. That can lead to activities that otherwise they wouldn't engage in. It's important to have a proper security system around your house. So when you get packages from Amazon, you get packages from online um, companies, you need to bring them in as soon as possible. Leave nothing out of your home. And um, I would suggest that you get a IP or a wireless camera outside your home. So that you can monitor those people who are coming up or getting close to your home. It's important. It's important even before this, but uh, now it's even more important. Now, I use Ring. Ring is an, um, is an Amazon company, Amazon-owned company. But there are others. There's a company called Eufy. There's a company that's called, um, oh, uh, Google has one called nest home um let's see here there's another adt has one um arlo i think has one arlo is another company whatever company you choose to go with that's fine it but it's important to go with a good company that uh you can log into link into and watch the video from wherever you are in the home or if you're out and you're shopping you can also log into your video and see who's come to your door um, just to be prepared. If someone comes in that you don't know, uh, you can be prepared before that person rings the doorbell. If it is someone that you do know, that you know that you can let them in. So it's, a, it's just a, a, a precautionary measure for people staying at home. 
And with that, I want you to know that I love all of you guys, and I am hoping that you guys <clears throat> are staying safe, staying secure. You're protecting yourself. Remember that, that you are in control of you. That's right. You are in control of you. And if there is anything that uh, you have, any questions that you have, please give me a call. Please send me a message below or a comment below, and I will do the best I can to answer it within a reasonable time. And because now where everybody is in quarantine, yes, I will have some a lot of time to answer you rather quickly. All right, guys. With any, without any further ado, I'm going to say adieu. And remember, you are security. Do you have a story you would like to share? If you're on Anchor, then send me a message. I'd like that. I enjoy bringing you the best security hacks twice a week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Share it, post it, send me a message. And always remember, you are security.